Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, it's time to break the silence. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4 of the Living Parables Podcast. It has been quite a long time since we have been together. And just to share the update with you, the seminary is going really well. I am on the last leg of the classes, and so I am pleased to announce that it's going really well. So thank you, God, for everything that you do and for your provision and your sovereignty, and thank you for everything. Uh, It's all by Him. It's all by His grace. And so I'm here today to start this season off because, boy, there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world right now. As you well know, there is a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. And I'm not going to get into the deep specifics of all those things, but they need our prayers more than anything else right now. And the narrative of today is that we don't need prayers and thoughts. We need action. And I would say that We need prayer backed up by action. And so with a heavy heart today to all the people in the Ukraine, to all the church and the saints that are gathered in Ukraine that are still fighting the good fight of the faith over there, my prayers are with you, my heart is with you, and my heart breaks for your nation. And one of the saddest aspects of it all is that the Ukrainian church was really thriving. There were many things to be grateful for. And then all of a sudden, here comes the invasion. And so I'm trying to keep my ear to the ground. And I'm trying to keep tabs on what's going on over there. And you are witnessing history unfold right before your eyes. And It's something that hasn't occurred in a long time. And there's a lot of people out there saying that we're definitely in the end times now. And this is going to happen and this is going to happen. That's going to happen, which is a perfect segue into our study today. Our study is about God's knowledge. It's about God's knowledge. We can speculate on what's going to happen. We can predict things. We can analyze things and come up with conclusions. But at the end of the day, when the smoke clears and the dust settles, God is the one who is sovereign and God is the one who has the knowledge. So today we're going to look at some aspects of his knowledge. And I hope these scriptures speak to you today because while I was a little bit morbid about the churches over in Ukraine, they are still going to thrive. Now, will some of them be disbanded? I don't know that. They might. But if you're in the church, you know 
that persecution will come. This is something that our Lord said was going to happen. There will be wars and rumors of wars. People will hate you because of the name of Christ that you carry. Because of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. So, as much as this is a shock to our world, nothing on this earth and in this earth should surprise us. And nothing catches God by surprise. When Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February, God was not taken back by that. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. Now you have plenty of naysayers out there and atheists and the likes of them who say, oh, if God is such a good God and he's so merciful and he's so loving and compassionate, how come he didn't stop it? Well, once again, we've talked about this before. God has been so gracious to us and is still gracious to us every single day and compassionate that he gives us free will to choose either him, which is, which is good, or we choose evil. What you are witnessing, my friends, is the result of what happened thousands of years ago in the Garden of Eden. This is the direct result of that. Sin has entered this world through the disobedience of man, and these are the fruits of sin, disease, famine, war. I mean, even looking at our country right now, our morals have gone down the toilet so much that at times it is very disheartening. This war that is happening, Russia claimed to have been targeting only military type of forces or operations or facilities, and they're blowing up hospitals. They're attacking apartment complexes. This is evil at its worst. And the downfall of that, of that is that you have people who don't want to be in war that are soldiers that must obey, and they don't even want to be there. And they're the ones that end up losing their lives. So there are people in Russia that don't want to do this either. And there are people in Ukraine that definitely don't want to do this. And yet this is the result of sin. This is the result of pride. This is a result of that evil heart. Do you, do you remember in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart above all things is deceitful and it is desperately sick. You are witnessing desperately sick hearts, sinful hearts, sinful people, godless people. And I can keep ranting and I'm going to stop. But I, I just want to let you know, my brothers and sisters, that even though this situation seems dire, please join me in praying for the Ukrainian people. Let's pray real quick. God in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, God, for all the great things that you do for us. And right now, Lord, our hearts break and mourn for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. They are going through such a difficult time of war that I can't even imagine. War being on your own soil. 
And Lord, we know that this world, that this country is not our true home because our citizenship is in heaven and it is with you. I pray that you would please be with our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Give them the peace that goes beyond beyond all understanding. Please give them, God, the strength to get through this very difficult time. And please let you be glorified in this, however it may, it may be. Be with him, Lord, and strengthen him. Bless us in this time as we study about your wisdom and your knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me. So let's go ahead and get started here. So our God is a God of knowledge. He knows how the situation in Ukraine and Russia is going to end. He knows what's going to happen years from now. He knows what's going to happen decades from now, if that is his will to let this world continue. And so with that, we're going to start in the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 147.5 to start out with. Here's what it says. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Did you catch that last part? His understanding is infinite. There is no limit to it. And there is no end to it. Now, if you talk about human wisdom and knowledge, we're very limited. You think of the smartest people on planet Earth. We're not going to talk about them right now. But who comes to mind? A scientist, CEO. I mean, you could go down the list. But no one on this planet even comes close to the knowledge of God because He is all knowing and He is all powerful. And so His understanding is infinite but he's also abundant in strength and if he is on your side and he is your god who better to have on your side than god let's look at job 37 16 it says do you know about the layers of the thick clouds the wonders of one perfect in knowledge. God is perfect in knowledge. So this first section that we're talking about here is that there is nothing God doesn't know. He is infinite in his understanding and perfect in his knowledge. Now let's look at Hebrews 4.13, which says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There's nothing hidden from his sight. Once again, there's nothing that catches God by surprise. So we need to understand those things. So this first section, there is nothing God doesn't know. And we're going to take that a step farther. Think about the heavens. Tonight, if there's no clouds, I want you to step outside of your house and I want you to look up in the sky. This is your homework. I want you to count the stars. I want you to number them. 
and get back to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But think about that for a minute. Back, back in the olden days, maybe around the 17th century or so, they thought there was about a thousand stars in the sky. And according to the Google machine, <laughs> when you look up how many stars are in the sky, <laughs> it's they say, now they don't know this, but they say it's approximately 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. So basically, that's too big of a number to even comprehend. <laughs> and here's what the Bible says about God's, God's knowledge. Look at Psalm 147.4. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Is that sinking in here? Are we getting the picture? He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our brightest scientists have no clue how many stars there are in this whole entire universe. They just put a number on it. They don't know that. But God knows the exact number of stars. And not just that, but he has given a name to each and every single one of them. How incredible is that? It blows me away. But here's the thing. You have to come at this with faith. Do you believe that God, going back to Psalm 147.5, do you believe with your whole entire heart that God is abundant in strength? Do you believe that his understanding is infinite? Do you believe that he has perfect knowledge? Do you believe that no creature is hidden from his sight? Do you believe that he counts and numbers the stars and gives names to all of them? Do you believe that? I do. I believe that. And one day when I'm in heaven, after I've asked probably more important questions, but I'm going to ask him, how many stars are there in the universe? And he's going to give me the exact number. And he is even going to tell me what their names are, which my mind will be probably blown by just 10 of them, you know? That's amazing. So he knows the number of stars and even their names. Point number three, he knows all things in our hearts. Please turn with me to 1 John 3.20. Now, typically, when we're reading scripture, I don't like to cherry pick verses too much. So what I like to do is let's go to verse 19. We'll, we'll read verses 19 and 20. It says, we will know by this that we are the truth and will assure our heart before him it, in whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He knows our hearts. He even talks in Psalm that he knows the secret things of our hearts, and he searches the heart. So there's nothing, again, it goes back to our verse when we're talking about there's no creature hidden from his sight, and he knows all things. He has perfect knowledge of all that. Let's look at number four. 
He knows the falling of every bird. So turn with me to Matthew 10, 29 through 30. It says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Friends, brothers and sisters, whenever a bird on this earth falls over, flaps its wings, does whatever, he knows it. He knows it. That should give you goosebumps. Because not an ant crawling on the ground, not a dog barking, just happened a little bit ago, not the chirping of a bird is well without the knowledge of God. He knows that. And that is truly, truly amazing. And staying in this verse, because you're probably wondering, well, we didn't get to verse 30, because here's the next point, point number five. So let's let's recap first real quick. So first off, there is nothing God doesn't know, number one. Number two, he knows the number of stars and even their names. Number three, he knows all things in our hearts. Number four, he knows the falling of every bird. Number five, this is verse 30, Matthew 10. He knows the number of our hairs. You probably heard this verse before, but I'm going to read it. It's a really quick verse. Verse 30 says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, I'm going to throw some knowledge at you. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you a question. Approximately how many hairs do you believe are on a human head? Do, 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 do. No, it's not Jeopardy. Scientists say there are roughly, approximately 100,000 hairs on a human head. And we lose about 50 to 100 hairs every day, give or take. So 100,000 hairs on your head. Isn't that incredible? Now, I want you to think about this in perspective for a minute. So, if God knows every single hair that is on my head, which is, you know, let's just say it's 100,000, and he knows all those things, and I just checked to see how many people are in this world living as we speak and the total population of this world approximately once again is 7.9 billion people now we're to make this double interesting if he knows the number of hairs on my head just one person and we know from our previous verses that God is infinite in his understanding, perfect in knowledge. He counts the stars and numbers them by name. 
let this sink in for a minute here. If he knows that, take $7.9 billion and times that by 100000 And here's what the results, results were. <laughs> it says on the calculator, 7.9E plus 14. <laughs> That's a lot of zeros, my friends. God knows every hair on everybody's head all over the world. All over the world. And, I, and I've used this verse before. And I use this a lot because I had a lot of people argue with me about it's not fair that God takes people's lives and blah, 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 blah. But Psalm 24, listen to this, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Verse 2 says, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So again, the earth is the Lord's. It's his. This air that I'm breathing is not mine. I don't have a right to it. He gives it to me as a free gift. A gift of his patience, a gift of his mercy, and a gift of his love. And yet we take it for granted. It is a gift that our hearts are beating as we speak, as you listen to this, as I'm giving this message. Yet how often do we pause and give God the glory and the thanks for giving us breath, for giving us another heartbeat, for giving us the opportunity to love people, to build relationships with people, to smile when we see a, a beloved family member or a beloved brother or sister in Christ. And, I'll, and I'll, I'm going to break off here just for a second, and I'm going to talk about this. So this Russian-Ukrainian conflict, it's not even a conflict, it's a, it's a atrocity, it's a tragedy, it's, a, ugh, it's, just, it's just difficult. And this video, I hope it's the real deal. But it's a Ukrainian family singing a hymn together in the midst of all this chaos. Now, the hymn is called, He Will Hold Me Fast. And I'll be honest with you guys, I have not heard it. I've heard my fair share of Bible hymns. I love Bible hymns. I could listen to Bible hymns all day long. But I hadn't heard of it before. And the way they were singing it, it was so beautiful. Oh, I it's so beautiful. And it it moved me. I lit I watched now the video was only 30 seconds, but man, it, it just hit me right in the heart. And so I was like, what are they listening to? Or what are they singing? So I looked it up and man, look up the lyrics of He Will Hold Me Fast. You will not be disappointed. I mean, yes, amen, hallelujah. Just amazing, amazing stuff. So let's go ahead and move on to point number six, which is God's eyes are in every place. God's eyes are in every place. 
Please turn with me to Proverbs 15.3. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. And as we know from Hebrews 4.13, there is no creature hidden from God's sight, but all things are open and lay bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And I will tell you this, the things that are going on right now are just the beginning. And I don't want to alarm you. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to frighten you. I want to prepare you for what's about ready to come. Because what you are witnessing right now in history, God knows everything that's going on and his eyes are watching and there also will be given an account for every wrong and every evil that is done opposing the name of God. This ruthless killing attacking civilians is going to be punished one day, maybe not today, but it will happen. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so as much as we like heroic acts of revenge and vengeance, vengeance truly belongs to the Lord. And I'm not saying that we don't uh, take action here. But what I'm saying is that God will repay those who commit evil. Because all sins, even though we do sin against other people, we do sin against our family, our friends, we sin against people that we don't know. These sins that are happening right now are just completely terrible and awful. God will repay them for their wicked deeds. And so that is a fact. Now, his eyes are watching the evil and the good. Question is, is which side of the fence are you on? If you are outside of Christ, he is not your Lord, Master, and Savior. You are on the evil side. How are you good? It's not by the good that you possess inside yourself. It's Christ's righteousness living in you and through you. That's what makes us good. Nothing that we do. It's all about Christ. And as we start to conclude our season four opener, we're going to end with this last point, number seven. He knows all about us. He knows all about us. Talking about God here. So turn with me to Psalm 139, one through two. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. I don't think it gets any clearer than that. He knows our hearts. He searches our hearts. He knows when we sit down, when we rise up. He searches us. He knows us. The million-dollar question is, do you know him? Do you know God intimately? Or do you not? That's the question. 
And as believers, our life goal, our life mission must be to get as intimately close to God as possible. That should be the goal of every single believer on this planet. And so as we start to wrap up here, I want to take us to one specific spot to end with. And it's going to sound like I'm really focusing on end time stuff here. I'm really not. But it's something to think about. So I want you to turn with me to Matthew 24, 4 through 14. And I want you to to listen to this here. If you're in a spot, I, I just want your complete focus here. Because upon reading this, it starts to get a little bit like, whoa, this could very well be. I'm not saying that we're in the end times, okay? This isn't this isn't clickbait here, people. And you see on YouTube and all these places like that that talk about, oh, I've seen a vision and I've I've dreamed a dream and I've witnessed this, that God told me this and God told me that. That stuff doesn't happen. All that stuff is made up and it's just for it's just for clicks and it's just for subscriptions. So don't buy any of that stuff. All I'm trying to say is that are we in the end times? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like we're getting close, but have a listen to verse four through 14 and you, and you be the judge. Verse four says, and Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. Very crucial, my brothers and sisters. Verse five says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So are we at the stage where we're hearing wars and rumors of wars? Yes. But right after it says, see that you are not frightened. There's a lot of things going on right now with conspiracies and rumors and what happens if this country invades this country next and this happens to this, that's going to mess up the whole entire world. That's not our concern. We don't concern ourselves with worldly concerns. We trust Christ. We trust God who is infinite 
and understanding, who has perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. We trust him and we follow him to the very end because as these things progress, verse 9, and this is where it gets difficult because I don't pull any punches here, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. If people think you're the greatest person of all time, and especially non-Christians, they think you're the greatest person of all time and they want to hang out with you, they want to bring invite you over and do all these things. Remember what it says, that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. And if people are not hating you for your beliefs, then you might want to check yourself. Because it says it very crystal clear at 9. They will deliver you over to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. I know what that sounds like. That doesn't sound great. That doesn't make me feel, feel all giddy inside. And then it gets even worse because verse 10 says, At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. People are leaving the churches in droves. These people who are seemingly prominent Christian pastors are falling all by the wayside. Publicly declaring to the world that they renounce Christ. They renounce the church, his true church. I guess I would then argue that if someone does renounce and they're not really true believers, but I think you hear what I'm saying. In verse 11, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Verse 12, and this is what is really sad. And I, I'm not saying that we're here, but take a listen in verse 12. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. This country that we live in right now, they claim that we're about love, but we don't know what that word means. If you really want to know what that word means, go back a few seasons and listen to our three-part series on love. Then you'll know the true definition of love. But we, we spray this word out, love, and we have no concept of what love truly is. But people's love have grown frigid, ice cold. I mean, just just get on a police scanner, look it up on look it up on Twitter. If you don't do that, uh, maybe Facebook. If you don't do that, I don't know. Just listen, and you hear these calls that happen in every single day that you have no idea what's going on. Matter of fact, don't you don't have to do that. Just listen to the news. And all these horrible things are happening over and over and over and more frequently. And yes, we are in some perilous times. And so it, it's, it is easy. It is easy to get discouraged. But here's what I'm here to tell you right now. Verse 13, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. 
And how are we able to endure? Is it by our own strength? No. How are we able to do this? Well, the answer is found in 1 John. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. Listen to this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There it is. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? If you believe in Him with your whole heart and you are a born-again Christian, through Christ, we will overcome. So whatever happens, my brothers and sisters, whether wars break out, famine, pestilence, disease, destruction, persecution, all those things, my friends, pale in comparison to the glory that we will be a part of one day. And now I want to leave you with this last scripture to encourage you, to help you persevere through these difficult and very challenging times. Please turn with me to Romans 8.18. Romans 8.18. Listen to this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Romans 8 is considered the golden chapter of the Bible. And this is one of the reasons for it. Some of us, my brothers and sisters, are suffering greatly. And while we sit here in America and we sit in our comfy pews and we sit in our air-conditioned buildings or our heated buildings and we complain about getting up at 10 o'clock in the morning to go to 11 o'clock service or whatever the case may be, that we have brothers and sisters right now that are in the fire and we need to join them in prayer and uplift them in prayer, encourage them in prayer. And there'll be people right now, my friends, that we will never meet in this life that if we pray for them, we are connected and we're all connected by the vine. Now I want to read 18 one more time and then we'll be done. For I consider that our sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We endure, we suffer for the sake of Christ because just as Paul says in Philippians, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And with that, God's eternal, infinite, perfect knowledge gives us the assurance 
and the security and the safety over our lives. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So with that, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I want to thank you for your time. And as we start off season four, there are a few things I'd like to go over and study and talk about. And God willing, if it is his will, I would like to start up with our book study on Philippians. So be watching out for that. But we're gonna we're kicking this off in a really powerful way. And I wasn't trying to make this a somber type of study, but we are living in some desperate times. And as I'm sitting here and I'm going through seminary and I'm going through just different things. I felt the need to, to get back on and break the silence. And we talked about this at the end of season three that I still want to start up a YouTube channel. God willing, we'll make that happen in his time. But for now, we're kicking this off and we're going to see where God leads us. And that's that's really what we're all about. God is going to lead us. So season four officially begun every Thursday. I know today is Friday and it's about dinner time, but I, I felt compelled to get on and just speak the word of God. I, I cannot go any length of time without speaking his name. And I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.